Welcome to the haunt. Hello. I'm Brick. I'm Shisha. Sweet. Oh my god. Careful. Sorry, this weather change and my asthma. Oh yeah. I have so much. This is gonna sound gross, but like as an asthmatic, you'll understand. <laughs> so much mucus, like Fun. in like your chest and everything. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> um. But yeah. So. What are we talking about today? So. Oh, we just finished the 13 days of Halloween. Oh, <laughs> yes. It's is November. Ember, it's November 1st. I hope you guys really enjoyed <laughs> our 13 days of Halloween. That was um, very stressful. <laughs> and we will now be starting to probably do we're next going, year's. Yeah. But we're going back the, to just once a After week Christmas. <laughs> yeah. We'll start next year's recording for 13 nights Halloween. In January. Yeah, for the New Year's, okay? <laughs> because what we did this time, because we didn't realize... Um, we didn't give ourselves enough time. <laughs> no, and we were exhausted. We took a week off of recording. And poor Tony now. He hasn't even started editing. <laughs> oh, Tony, I'm so sorry. I kept um, telling him to start. Yeah, but here we are. It's fine. We'll get there. We'll get through it, you guys. Hopefully you enjoy it. Um, yeah. Hopefully your spooky season was great, and you enjoyed all of our... Uh, stuff and if hope you want you had a good us to Halloween. go yes hope you're if you have kids hope they got a lot of candy uh check out our patreon we'll try and figure out what we're doing with that soon maybe, yeah hopefully. we'll uh <laughs> you guys let us know what you'd want to see on the tiers and stuff yeah you can dm us on instagram oh yeah so that's probably easier than leaving a review yeah dm us on instagram yeah follow us we'll have the links in the description always 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 Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, so I was looking up uh, some stuff. Yeah, what uh, are we talking about? We're talking about um, Byberry, I think is how you say it. Huh? Uh, asylum. <gasps> it's an asylum. Okay. Um, so I had been trying to search haunted asylums for a good minute there's a lot of them there's a lot of asylums yes and for some reason my dumbass thought minnesota had no asylums oh no 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 we had four um and so four i only yeah. know one specific one and i wouldn't have been surprised if there were like two or three before is a little surprising four there was four yeah um <clears throat> and so i searched haunted asylums yeah and it brought me to like a few lists and the first two that i looked into weren't there was never actually hauntings recorded. I'm sure they're semi-haunted, but I feel like the Hold ones on. in Minnesota were of the better type. Is this in Minnesota? This one that no, the oh, one okay. that I'm that well, that had like the hauntings and stuff. Yeah. Um, like confirmed and stuff. Uh, on, is in uh, Philadelphia. Okay, pause for a second. We mentioned last episode that we were gonna say something, and I don't remember what it was. But we said, because <laughs> um, uh, I was up late last night studying, and then you said, "Oh yeah, this." Because I was searching asylums, oh, and I and I wanted to do one that had some hauntings, like confirmed hauntings and stuff. Yeah. 
Um, and so I ended up searching. I ended up searching this one that I was in Minnesota. It's in Anoka. Okay. It was. It's closed down now. Yeah. I was in Anoka. And then I got done researching and I'm like, there's no confirmed hauntings anywhere. Yeah. So then I found a different one and it's called Bethlehem Royal Hospital that um, has been opened for a very long time and is still open. As an asylum? For mentally ill people, yes. That's kind of horrifying. Um, but also no confirmed hauntings ever. So then I, so I didn't. I I did extensive research on both of these and then had to restart last night. Oh, fun! And got this one. <laughs> so, like I said, there was one. There's been there was four in Minnesota. Uh, before this one that I that I researched was the last one to open. And then, um, and then it was shut down due to all of, like the, you know, because back yeah. in this, back in that time, there was a lot of mental health hospitals that weren't being run correctly. The whole thing no. is very, very sad. The mentally insane, mentally ill well, just, people. Well, just, we didn't have the resources to be running facilities like that. Yes. And <laughs> that's the thing. Overcrowding, overpopulated, understaffing yeah. was a huge problem. Well, and also. Because you... they were just throwing people into these I was gonna say into if these you asylums, look at what constituted as insane anything like <laughs> autism down literally syndrome, it's 90% of the population that <laughs> yeah and so the one in Minnesota um it was the fourth one in the state to open it became the first state transfer hospital for patients considered incurably insane the hospital was the first in Minnesota to be built according to the cottage plan to reduce institutional feel for its chronic uh, patients, it remains one of the fir- of the finest examples of the cottage plan in Minnesota. So the cottage plan essentially at first it was um, uh, an administration building uh, that would house offices and receiving in the receiving ward, two cottages for males and then one for females, and then two intermediate wards that would be used for patients who required constant care and attention. Okay. That's what it, you know, started off to be. But then because of overcrowding and it's so many so people. It's so sad that all these places had, like, such good intentions. And it's just like... Well, oh. this one really did. This one didn't really have anything bad. Like, once, yeah. um, I think the governor of Anoka or something found out that there was some problems going on. He literally, on Halloween night, held a press conference and burned every straitjacket that oh. they had there. And said that this is not okay. We're not going to do this. It's yeah. not. We're not going to treat them like this is not okay. So I believe the one in the one in Anoka, which also was one in Better Rochester, vibes. Fergus Falls, and St. Peter's. Um, those were all open what before. About oh, that, that was a sanatorium. Yeah, those were all open before. Um, the one in Anoka was open. Okay. And so, they um. So like he was really like I don't. So nothing, there was nothing, you know, abuse, I'm sure, happened and stuff. Mm-hmm. And people were, pro- you know, just like, unhumane restraints and stuff. Like, the straight jacket and whatever. That, you know, with some some people do need to be restrained for their own safety of others until they are properly medicated with whatever. Right. That, there's a proper way of restraining somebody. So, but, um... So, yeah, the one in Anoka, they really were, like, trying their damnedest, mm-hmm. you know, in this. So, that wasn't really bad. <laughs> well, that's good. So, then Probably the one in 
uh, one called Bethlehem Royal Hospital, also known as St. Mary's Bethlehem, Bethlehem Hospital in Bedlam. A psychiatric hospital in, Bo this, is in this is in London, so I'm okay. sorry if I say this wrong. In Bromley, London, its famous history has inspired several horror books, films, and TV series, most notably Bedlam, a 1946 film with Boris Korloff. Sure. Which I feel like it just kind of uh, inspires them because of how this place was run. Um, uh, the hospital is closely associated with King's College London in partnership with the Institute of Psychiatric and Psychology and Neuroscience is a major center of psychiatric research here. This hospital, the the Bedlam, yeah. Bethlehem, Bethlehem. I'm gonna say Bedlam because I just know that I know yeah. that's how it's. Yes. Uh, was founded in 1247. We are such a young country. <laughs> it was founded in 1247. It was originally near Bishopsgate, Wait, just outside the open? walls of the city. This is still open. It has moved three times. Dang. Yep. Um. Outside the walls of the city of London, it moved a short distance to Moorfields in in 1676 and then to St. George Fields in South Wark in 1815 before moving it to its current location in Monk's Orchard in 1930. The, war, the word bedlam meaning an uproar and confusion is deprived from the hospital's nickname. Although the hospital became a, a modern psychiatric facility, historically it was representative of the worst ex excesses of asylums in the, uh, the era of lunacy reform. Um, so, um, hospital was founded in 1247 under the new order. It, it was actually found under like Henry III, which is kind of fucking hmm. crazy. Uh, it was not initially intended as a hospital in the clinical sense, much less as a specialist institution for the insane, but as a center for the collection of asylums, support the Crusader Church, and to think England is the, to get England closer to the Holy Land. Um, so, yeah. The world has definitely come with such a long way. Yeah, but even then, <laughs> people still to this day are like, mm, that place isn't always the best. Yeah, no, I but, get so, it. But like, it's still open to this day. And... That's so weird. Yes, I've... Let me see. I know they had instances as, I think, for this one as... Uh, as um, early as, I believe, 2016. Okay. Um... Let me find it. Because that's pretty recent. For oh, how yeah. old it is. Oh, oh, 100%. But I wonder if it, because it's changed locations, I wonder if like previous locations are a bit. See, and that's what it didn't, and on there, it didn't say about any yeah. of the previous locations or anything. Well, and how do you find that out? Because they <laughs> let this place get into like disrepair. Like, Oof. walls. And it was still running? While it was still running, yeah. Walls, and then like they just had. People were like, like just combined together. Uh, criminally insane people were like just whatever. Like it was, Oof. it was. Here's one of the things. Someone was kept like this. 
A stout iron ring was retrieved around his neck from which a short chain passed to a ring made to slide upward and downward on an upright massive iron bar. More than six feet high, inserted into the wall, round his body, a strong iron bar about two inches wide was revite, which was revited. On each side of the bar was a circular projection which being fashioned to and enclosed each of his arms pinned them closely to his side his weight this waist bar was secured by two small iron bars which passes was passing over his shoulders were revited to his waist both before and behind the iron ring about his neck was connected to the bars on his shoulders for a double link from each of these bars another short chain passed to the ring on the upright bar, he remained thus encaged and chained for more than 12 years. <sighs> Isn't that just awful? That's actually, yeah. All right. <clears throat> so in 19, 1997, the Bethlehem Gallery was established to showcase the work of artists that have experienced mental distress. In 1999, a royal hospital became part of the South London and Mosley NHS Foundation Trust, along with the Mosley Hospital in Camberwells. Um, in 2001, what was my, oh, we'll just go to here. Fatal Restraints. Oz, I'm so sorry if I pronounced this wrong. <laughs> Ola, Olasen? O-L-A-S-E-N-I. And I, Alaseni. Alaseni Lewis, known know. as Seni, age 23, died in 2010 at Bethlehem Royal Hospital after police subjected him to prolonged restraints of a type known to be dangerous. Neither police nor medical staff intervened when Lewis became unresponsive. At coroner's inquest, the jury found many failures by both police and medical staff, which played a part in Lewis's death. They said the excessive force, pain complaints, techniques, and multiple mechanical restraints were dis disproportionate and unreasonable uh, on the balance of probability this contributed to the cause of death. His mother. You don't need to say I'm her name. not. We're mm -mm. calling her mom. Claimed a nurse at... Mudsley Hospital, where Lewis had been earlier, warned against allowing his transfer to Bethlehem. She said to me, "Look, don't let him go to that. Go to, go to Bethlehem. Don't let him go there." His mother said a doctor later persuaded her to take her son to Bethlehem Hospital. She was concerned about the conditions there. It was a mess. She told the court it was very confused, and a lot of activity, a lot of shouting. I was not happy. I was confused. It's frustrating that places like this are, are still going allowed to still yeah. be still be a thing yes it this was in 2010 <laughs> it was in 2010 uh, um, i mean it's frustrating that they ever existed in the first place the fact that they still exist is like what the heck and not in the in a humane way that's what i mean you know and then uh, like i do think there is a need for places like this there definitely but, is but there's a right way and a wrong way to treat other mm -hmm. human beings yeah <laughs> Police were trained to view Lewis's behavior as a medical emergency, but the jury found police failed to act on this. The jury found that the police failed to 
failed to follow their training, which required them to place an unresponsive person into the recovery position and, if necessary, administer life support. On the bounds of probability, this also contributed to the cause of death. A doctor did not act when Lewis became unresponsive while his heart rate dramatically slowed. The Independent Police Complaint Commission first cleared officers of the death, but following pressure from the family, they scraped the conclusion and stated a new inquiry. The IPCC was planning disciplinary action against some of the police officers involved. Deborah Cole of the Charity Inquest, who has supported Lewis's family throughout their campaignage, said the jury had reached the most damning possible conclusion on the actions of the police. This was the most horrific death. Even police officers were involved in holding down a terrified young man until his complete collapse. Legs and hands bound in limb restraints while mental health staff stood by. Officers knew the dangers of this restraint, but chose to go against clear, unequivocal training. Evidence heard at this inquest begs a question on how racial stereotyping informed Senny's brutal treatment. A disciplinary hearing conducted by the Metropolitan Police found the officers had not committed misconduct. The hearing was criticized by the family because it was held behind closed doors with neither press nor public scrutiny. Yeah, that seems way off. In 2014, Chris Brennan, age 15, died of asphyxiation while at Bethlehem Hospital after repeating, after repeated self-harming. The coroner found lack of proper risk assessment and lack of care plan contributed to his death. The hospital claimed staffing problems and low morale were fact and were factors. Lessons were learned and adolescence units were where Brennan died was assessed as good in 2016. In November 2017, a bill was debated in the House of Commons that would require psychiatric hospitals to give more detailed information about how and when restraints are used. This bill is referred to as Senny's Law. In November 2018, the bill received royal assent as the metal as the me- mental health units. So um yes this and like i said they still had stuff up until 2014 where an adolescent died and as someone who's worked in group homes um it is it has to be very very severe and very very dangerous to you and to the other people in the group home to even use manual restraints like we don't like in group Mm -hmm. homes you don't use like the wristbands or anything you have to we have to take a whole eight hour class yeah on how to do everything to first avoid having to put someone in manual restraints Mm -hmm. and the three different levels of putting someone in a manual restraint or like for instance like guiding someone with your arm around them that is considered a manual restraint because you're holding them close to you and getting them away from something or another one is you take their arms, you crisscross them, and then you kind of, like, dead leg them mm-hmm. into where you will fall, you will come back, and you'll sit on the floor with them in between your legs, and you'll put, if need be, you'll put your legs around them so they can't headbutt you, whatever. Right. We've touched your head so you don't get headbutted. Well, it's all a way where you don't hurt them. Where I'm not right. hurting them. Yeah. Where they're not being hurt. And if it ever comes to a two-person restraint, you are to never put them face down. Because you can't assess them mm-hmm. if they're stopped breathing or not. They don't go face down. You don't put any pressure on, like, their head or anything. But you have people where you're going to have to, like, someone's going to have to hold their legs and someone's going to have to hold their arms 
around them until they have calmed down or they are they or sometimes people have to be given uh SSRI I think it's what it's called and so like the fact that I had to learn all of that to work right. in, a group in a group home, home yeah I feel like these hospitals need to have more training than what Definitely. even that the one the one that's still currently being ran Mm-hmm. Clearly, something's falling through the cracks, and there needs to be more training. Well, they need more training. They need more staff. They probably need more departments. Yeah, to be honest, because there should be someone there who's basically just making sure that it's a good environment. Yeah, like I feel like they need to have a department. Like they're mentally ill. Yes, some are mentally insane. They need to have a department there of needs... people who make sure that it is a safe and positive environment for these mm-hmm. people because that's what's going to help them the best. Exactly. Like, exactly. They're not going to get anything from, like, being abused. <laughs> right. Like, that's and not so, going to help them mentally. Those were the first two that, like, I looked up and there was no hauntings, re- you know, revolved, proven or anything. Yeah. So then I went back and I looked into Morris where I found Byberry. It's literally B-Y-B-E-R-Y. Byberry. Philadelphia State Hospital. Well, a psychiatric hospital located on either side of the Roosevelt Boulevard, U.S. Route 1 in northeast Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It was specifically located in the Somerton section of the city on the border of the Bucks County. The name of the institution has changed several times during history. Various names of Philadelphia State Hospital, Byberry Hospital, Byberry City Farms, and Philadelphia Hospital of Mental Disease for Mental Diseases. It was home to people ranging from the mentally challenged to the criminally insane. So, we've got a nice wide variety here. Yeah. Um, the primary buildings were constructed in, uh, between 1907 and the mid-1920s, and the newer buildings were constructed between 1940 and 1953. The facility included over 50 buildings, such as male and female dormitories, an infirmary, kitchen, laundry, administration, a chapel, and a morgue. The hospital's population grew rapidly, exceeding its capacity. The peak patient population was over 7,000 in 1960. Dang. Um, several investigations into the condition at the hospital at various points revealed that raw sewage lined the halls. Patients slept in the halls and the staff mistreated and exploited patients. The hospital has been featured in uh, paranormal televisions called series called Scared. Okay. Did not watch it, but I'm assuming it's very good. Yeah. Once again, a lot of these institutions wanted to be like this cottage plant. This is like way off topic, but yeah. I just thought of it because you mentioned, you know, the ghost show or whatever. Mm-hmm. So at work, we have a TV that we have like just like some show playing with subtitles and mm-hmm. it's always on mute. When I go in there every time, I always put it on Ghost Hunters. <laughs> I love that. I'm like, especially because it's October too. Right. So I put on Ghost Hunters. The other day I was working and my coworker walks up and like changes it to the news. <laughs> and I was like laughing internally. Let's not put on the I'm news. I'm like, that's scarier than Ghost Hunters. Literally. <laughs> let's not put on the news. Oh my God. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So anyway, most of these sorry. asylums started off as the institutions, um, as a small work farm for the mentally ill. Trying okay. to, you know... Yeah. You make it put into them their schedule, but also like that's not going to work for everybody. Everybody wants to do f- some people thrive on the farm working and yep. being and doing the gardening and stuff. That's good for some people's mental health. 
to a certain extent. They still, some, you know, but they didn't have them back in the day, need medication. Right. And to be sticked to medication, a strict regimen, you know, regimen. Yes. And, you know, schedule and stuff. But I get what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. Make it a farm, uh, um, and turn it into the cottage plant asylums, you know, the yeah. whole thing. Uh, construction began on the institution in 1906. Shortly after that, it was established in 1907 as the Burberry, I keep saying Burberry. Burberry. (laughs) Burberry Mental Hospital and originally followed the theory of physician Benjamin Rush that mental illness was a disease and could be cured with proper treatment, but that the mentally diseased should be kept away from normal people until they were actually cured. Many of their original patients were transferred from Philadelphia General Hospital. Oh, there's so many issues with that. Which closed in 1977. <laughs> All personal uh, personnel was sent to other hospitals and patients sent to Norristown State Hospital. So this is my thing. <laughs> this is my thing. Oof. Um, nobody's normal. Correct. For one. Correct. And just because someone has a mental disease. Well, here's the thing, though. The people with Down syndrome, if they had explosive outbursts, if they had epilepsy, they were considered mentally... Well, and mental illness illness. is how your brain works. Right. You can't cure that. You can become aware of it and find ways to cope with it, but you can't change the way your brain works. Your brain chemistry. Like... I get what he was trying to say. They need to be with proper treatment and stuff. Yes. But, like, they're not going to be cured. Because no matter how much Adderall I take, ADHD is still going to be there. Yeah. Okay? The anxiety. Because that's how your brain works. My brain chemistry. Yeah. Like. The anxiety is still going to be there. Yeah. Um, The depression is still going to be there. Yeah. Okay? No matter how much medication. Yep. It's going to be there until it's, you know, I said I know how to cope with it. Well, that's. And take care of it. Just it. You don't. You don't cure it. You learn but how also, to live with it. I would have to be put into one of these places because I would have depression, depression, anxiety, and ADHD. My yeah. my emotional outbursts that I could have sometimes would be warranted for me to get put into there. Oof. You know, I people, suppose people I've, schizophrenia, criminally insane. Um, well, also back in the day, women who like read books were considered yeah. insane. Like yeah. there's just like people with Down syndrome, <laughs> autism, mm-hmm. any type of like you know, those were all were considered to be mentally unwell. Which like yes, but there are the high also, functioning ones that take can... a look at the world. Who is actually mentally well? <laughs> okay. okay, I mean just okay. just throwing so that out. So it's there. you know it. So, and then the, the, it's just, ugh. Oof. Um, the hospital was turned over to the state in 1936 and was renamed the Philadelphia State Hospital at Byberry. Conditions in the hospital during this time were poor. The allegations of patient abuse and inhumane treatment made frequently. The situation came to national attention between 1945 and 1946. Okay. So we'll come back to this in a second. Okay. Um, uh, so this hospital pretty much tortured patients with no consequences for 80 years. 80 years. Oof. Until it was shut down in 1990. It was shut down. 1990. 1990. You heard that correctly. 1990. It's when it was shut down finally. That's only 33 years ago. Yeah. Oof. Not that far. Oof. We were born not long after that it was shut down. Yeah. It makes me feel a little bit old, but anyway. 
Oof. Oh, because you were only born. I was born the year after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See? There you go. Uh, a 1946 Life magazine magazine exposed them. And they said, thousands spend their days, often for weeks at a stretch, locked in devices um, called restraints. Thick leather handcuffs, great canvas camisoles, muffles, mitts, wristlets, locks, and straps, and resonating uh, sheets. And no, uh, restraining sheets. I'm not sure what the hell a restraining sheet is. Okay. Never heard of that. Uh, hundreds are confined in lodges, bare beds, less, um, less rooms reeking with filth and feces by day lit only through half inch holes in steel plated window by night, merely black tombs in which the curves of the insane cries, not curves. My handwriting is very bad. In this. <laughs> uh, cry, uh, cries of the insane echo unheard from the peeling plaster of the walls. This was put in oh. a life magazine in 1946 and it still wasn't shut down until 1990. That's so upsetting. Isn't that just awful? Yeah. Um, it's main legacy is abuse. That's what it's known for is abuse. And that's awful these are people these are people yeah that's someone's loved one that's that's fucking awful um once again it started as like it's the farm model whatever patient with independence and a place to heal (laughs) place to heal you heard that that a place to heal i don't like that i'm sorry what healing was going on (laughs) none no. None. No. Okay. No. Um. So then, eventually, it grew to a multi-building campus, and it became overcrowded. It grew so fast that it couldn't keep enough staff to properly manage the patients. Soon, Byberry administration was allowing people to work in this facility with no qualifications and no training. Oh. And I literally said, I'm sorry, but fucking what? No qualifications and no training? We suck. And you're supposed humans. to be <laughs> and you're supposed to be treating these people, making them yeah. you know, become be able to function That's on the on their okay. own. That is not okay. On their like come on now. Oh. Let's be fucking for real. This is just making me really sad. <laughs> well, this is so like this is really like super haunty, haunty. But it's like the fact that this was a thing. Yeah. Only three. This is scary itself. Right. And that this could possibly still be happening. Well, it is. It's over it's, in London. It is still happening. As you know, <sighs> as twenty early as twenty fourteen. Yeah. You know, this is this is sad. This is it's very fucking sad. sad. Like. Oof. So during this time. 3,000 people chose not to fight in World War II for religious okay. reasons, which is great. Yep. So they were sent to work at uh, <laughs> insane asylums. <laughs> Oof. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I appreciate, okay, if you're not going to go and fight the war, which is... There's also a bunch I, which, of other jobs, which, though, that... Well, yes, but also appreciate the state. the state's not forcing them to go against their right. religion and fight. Yes. In the war. I appreciate it. But I feel like people who are caring and kind and 
have empathy should mm-hmm. be working at a state asylums. Yes. Not, Not and Tom, Dick, anyone or Harry. and everyone, yeah. Whoever's they literally available. said people, if they needed a job, <laughs> they applied, they yeah. got it. They didn't care. Walked around in the homeless shelters being like, hey, come on over. Yeah, you want a job? Let's go. <laughs> no. Oof. Um... It was uh, mostly due to the to these people, actually, so kind of a good thing that came to work, you know, during mm-hmm. the war. It was due to their photos okay. that uh, of the inhumane conditions at Bar- at Byberry were brought to light. So I so I got most of my information off of uh, U.S. Ghost Adventures. Not not. Ghost that's, Adventures. That's the company that my tour is through. Sorry, continue. I love that for me. <laughs> um, so, yes, I got most of my information off of their website, which can you guys please someone double check your uh, grammar and writing on your page? Thank you much. Oh, yeah, their information is... Ooh. Some of their grammar is a little sus. <laughs> Some things didn't make sense. Listen, uh, if you like... saw the script that I got for this tour, you'd be like, what the heck? <laughs> Uh, let me just show you these pictures. Um, I should have them saved. Oh, I actually don't want them saved on my iPad. <laughs> but let me just show you um, what um, th- people were going through. I don't think I want to see these pictures, do I? Um, oh, yeah, that one's not too bad. That one's not too bad. <laughs> Um, what the heck? Yep. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Check out our Instagram to see the pictures yes, that she's will, showing right now. posting them on Instagram. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very, very, uh, sad and... Like, this is awful. Like, no one should be treated no. like this. Um, these people, they they are, they are don't know anything. They well, are... what's very frustrating is if they had the right help, they could lead fairly normal lives. Yes. Yes, exactly. Oh. They could leave, which is why I kind of like a group home setting over... Um, oh, and a lot of these people were naked. All the time. Oh, gosh. Just naked. They just didn't have clothes. They didn't have clothes. They were just naked. And it was very, very fucking sad to even see people having, you know, and these photos, like I said, these photos were posted in, like, Life magazine and shit to try and bring awareness to what the fuck (sighs) is going on. And then the awareness did nothing. And it fell short for a good long time. Oof. Um... Due to understaffing, there was ridiculously low ratio of nurses to patients because of this. Most patients were left unbathed and naked for weeks. Housekeeping fell behind, so sheets went unwashed. The floors were sticky with urine. Instead of um, leading to... uh, what? Wow. To patients, most staff... Oh, instead of tending to patients, most staff would resort to... <laughs> I'm telling... My handwriting is atrocious. Right now. <laughs> um, resort to placing patients in restraints. Sometimes for months. Ugh. Um, in 1980, 
Uh, 20... Listen, if you were placed in restraints for months at a time, that'd be enough to drive you insane. Oh, 100%. Uh, in 1980s, a 27-year-old resident named William was left um, in such restraints for more than 14 months and possibly as long as three years. Dirty and starving. Uh, help came when his lawyer, Stephen Gold, stated that he was much better when he went in seven or eight years ago. Uh, so yeah, he got worse being there. But Mary was found to be infringing on William's rights. Yes. Really? You think? You think? Ugh. By 1970, there was at least 57 reported deaths. Uh, they were <laughs> all attributed solely to patient neglect. Yeah. Ew. Okay. And then Byberry's open door policy also caused issues. What was meant to be like a reward for high functioning patients and good behavior ended up resulting in the deaths of, of, um, of a few. Uh, homeowners in the area sometimes would wake up in the morning to patients sleeping in their the front lawns. Oh. Okay. Uh, other times, patients would wander off, ended up committed, committing suicide after rethinking their decision to leave. So, uh, one patient even wandered off in the middle of winter and when he was unable to locate a staff, locate staff and help him find his way back, he died from exposure. Ugh. How fucking awful. That's terrible. Um, and then they were known for the infamous cure. Oh no. In a newspaper article, this was written. An attendant soaked a large towel in water. Um, after wringing it out, he clamped the towel around the patient's neck. The attendant pulled the ends together and began to twist. First, he tightened the noose, and then he gave it a uh, gave the towel a slow turn to let them know what was in store. The patient begged for mercy, but the twisting continued. The patient, the patient's eyes bulged, his tongue swelled, his breathing labored, and uh, at length his body uh, fell back on the bed. His face was dreadfully white. Had uh, he did not appear to be breathing. Fifteen minutes later, before before the patient started showing signs of returning to life, and the patient was then subdued. That's not a cure. No. Like my dude, that is abuse. That's abuse. That is torture. That is. I was gonna say that is pretty much are... attempted murder. Yeah. Yo. This is, and like, cause the, cause this is so recent, a lot of this stuff, a lot of, the, they get a lot of shit from people who survived this place. Ick. Remember, it closed down in 1990. So like, a lot of, there's, so there's, there's survivors yeah. of this place. Oh. Uh, many other tortures and beatings given by staff likely went unnoticed or ignored, one staff member reported that other nurses would use caution when using weapons or fist upon patients. Yep. 
So not only were they abusing these people, but they knew that they had to be careful and how they did it and where they did it so they didn't leave marks and no one would know that they're being abused. Ick. Because most so like awful. back in this time, if you were put into a sandstorm, your family did not come and visit you. Yeah. You know, so a lot of the times people don't didn't know that it was happening because they wouldn't they would just drop their relative mm-hmm. off and then they would leave. Yeah. So like that's kind of why all these went unnoticed is because it was for one men's illness was frowned upon at this time mm-hmm. so they didn't want to be associated with it so they would just drop them off and leave and because the hospitals didn't really also allow visitors, visitors because right. of the state of what they're doing right so i mean it it played all in all i could never would never Ugh. do this um most of the horrific abuse came during treatments doctors were pulling teeth without numbing Performing other surgeries and procedures so without painkillers. Well, you know why they pull their teeth, right? So they couldn't bite them. Yeah. But one, it's unnes- so unnecessary to pull their teeth. Two, Unless it's they... so unnecessary to not give them painkillers. Like, it might be saving you money, but it's like, dude. Um, and I, and I was, and I, and then Cagney says, but Why? Um, Larry Real, oh no, a psychiatrist who trained at the Byberry in the 1970s, told staff members, uh, giving a patient stitches without any painkillers, that he had been taught that people with schizophrenia don't feel pain and therefore did not need medicine. See, I think that's a main issue with a lot of these asylums is it's not that people were trying to be inhumane. It's that this is literally what they thought was helping. No, I think... In some cases, I think that. In some cases, yes. Like, in some cases, if you're taught people with schizophrenia don't feel pain, then that's all you know. It's a very ignorant thought. Very (laughs) ignorant thought. Very much so. Or belief. But... Not only, so for one, the person has schizophrenia. So they're either they're seeing things, they're hearing things. And then you're putting them in excruciating pain. Now you're elevating them and you're elevating their schizophrenia, yeah. elevating their symptoms. Making it worse. Making it worse. Okay? So that's, it's just um, many things wrong there. Yeah. So with the underuse of painkillers when necessary came the, uh, the contrast of overuse of painkillers as oh. an experiment. Oh, gosh. Uh, the pharmaceutical company called Smith Klein French opened a lab in Byberry and did experiments and morally um, questionable testing on the patients. No, it was all no. You That's y'all not didn't morally do ex- questioning. That's the just whole, terrible. Everything in this place is morally questionable. <laughs> There's no question about it, though. <laughs> it's, it's just cra- I think this here is morally wrong. Morally wrong. <laughs> humanely wrong. And unconstitutional. Okay, let's just yeah. put it that way. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um. So, testing on so they did question testing on the patients at the hospital, unable to consent. Patients were coerced into volunteering for clinical trials. Hundreds of patients died as a result of these clinical trials. Oh gosh. So not only do they have mental illness, but then you're doping them up on painkillers, which then, in fact, would cause them to become addicts 
of painkillers and then of course because you were pumping them so full and they would get immune you pump them more and then bam they OD and they die plus the patients were all malnourished right so they if were all, all you're mal- taking so are painkillers that's not good for your bloodstream or your stomach nothing <laughs> nothing uh murders oh, yeah, at Byberry. no surprise the abuse took a more sinister turn when two orderlies murdered a patient in 1990, they confessed. In 1990, they confessed that they strangled him until his eyes literally popped out. They blamed their actions on untreated PTSD from their time served in World War One. So, have you heard of the prison experiment? No. This is a little bit off topic, but it's making me think of that in psychology. I'll we'll have to look into it. There's this whole experiment that was done. I want to say it was like in the 60s Just or 70s. Just get the basis and I'll look into it next time. Okay. We'll talk about it next time. But get the basis on what it is. Because now it's that sounds very interesting. Horrifying. It's the, the two... So it was among college students. They uh-huh. were separated into prisoners and guards. Uh-huh. And they spent like... I don't know how long it was. But I think it was like a week or something like that. By the end of the week, uh-huh. the prisoners were like physically and mentally abusing, abusing the guards. Or the guards were physically and mentally abusing the prisoners. And it's because that idea of them being better than them was planted in their head. Uh-huh. Like, it's it's actually it. horrifying. I'll look into it. Oh, because that sounds fucking crazy. Yeah. So, if, so my thing is if, problem. <laughs> if, if untreated, because PTSD, if untreated can get bad to where you can unintentionally hurt someone in a flashback right but my thing is it doesn't seem like that like they were in a flashback scenario in the war well and also it's not nothing is being treated correctly so it's like of course people are gonna get, be worse yeah like you're not helping yeah. the problem you're exactly. making it worse exactly uh these men were never and prosecuted. then they're surprised when it's worse it's like listen these men were never prosecuted and even received a pay raise Ew. what uh, I'm telling you, this is the prison guard. Um, what is uh, On top of staff murders, uh, patients killed other patients routinely. Byberry House, many criminals sent there to undergo psychiatric testing instead of serving prison time. Um, murders, rapes, assaults happened all the time. Of course. One female patient was raped and killed on the property. Her body was only discovered after staff found other residents carrying her teeth around. Ew. My mom would croak because my mom hates bone and teeth are bones. So The only part of your skeleton I, on the outside of your body. Whenever we had our teeth to be pulled, if my dad wasn't around, we had to go to my grandma. We had to go downstairs because we lived on top of her. Mm-hmm. We had to go downstairs to my grandma and grandpa and she pulled it out. Mom can't do bone like chicken bones. Oh no! Well, that's I have, if, I don't if like me. If we have chicken bone, like you know, drumsticks, I have to take either I do it or she gets a fork and she has to scrape it off because she cannot touch the bone. And my dad used to do it for her too. He would scrape off. Yeah, I the, mean the, the listen, meat off of the bone. I'm a little bit the same way. I don't like eating meat on the bone because <laughs> it's just it's a reminder that that thing was alive. 
And I'm like, mm, yeah. not sure I'm okay with yeah, that. Yeah, so like ribs. <laughs> she's never, she won't eat ribs. Yep, she I don't do like it. ribs. She, uh, she, she, it's kind of funny. My sister got her teeth pulled once. And you know, sometimes they would put like in the little treasure chest at the dentist. Yeah. Well, she oh, had it in like her, she had it like in, on, in her bedside. So nice how'd she stand. do the tooth fairy? Did she? My dad did. Okay. <laughs> or, or we put them in baggies. Yeah. <laughs> so my mom, if my dad... Right, y'all don't know. My dad was a diabetic. He had much problems. He was sick a lot of my childhood. So, um, if I my dad was, if we lost a tooth one time that my dad was like sick or got sick or whatever, we put in a baggie. Gotcha. Or I think I think at the end we just kind of always started putting in baggies just because like that makes more sense. It's to, probably like, a lot easier to grab. To, yeah, <laughs> right. So then we put in a bag. So she grabbed the baggie, but then she would. I'm assuming she threw them away. Yeah, I'm assuming. So I have yet to find teeth anywhere. Some parents do keep teeth. Um, do not say it. My so we have a um, kaleidoscope somewhere that my mom made, and I don't know where it is. Oh, it's over here. Is there teeth in it? One of my baby teeth is in it. That's a joke, right? No. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you can't actually see it, but every once in a while you'll just kind of see it float across. <laughs> but it takes a really long time to find it. <laughs> Well, hold on. Now I'm curious. And <laughs> well, we might be here like another ten well, I gotta, minutes. I gotta see Rick's tooth. Um, <laughs> but Plus, I think sometimes if you see it in there, you can't tell that it's actually a tooth. <laughs> but, um, so she... <laughs> she... <laughs> she... <laughs> looking at this. She, um... So, like, she was cleaning out my sister's drawer once. I found it. <laughs> um, she was cleaning out my sister's drawer. And she, like, was just, like, kind of going ham in there and not really, like, you know, paying attention to what she was doing. Yeah. And so something, like, hit it. Because they're not very... These little trash chests were not very secure. Yeah. Hit it. Open it. She got to the bottom. She got to the bottom. And it was right there. She picked it up. She opened her hand. She goes, oh, my God. (laughs) And I said, fuck. And I was like, what? And she goes... Get it, get it, get it out, get it out, get it out, get it out. So, get, get washed with the tooth, get the tooth. I'm like, oh, sh-. I'm like, why is this? See, this is why you can't just be digging people's stuff, mom. Loose teeth, I guess. I don't know, but yeah. So they didn't even know that she was dead or missing until residents had her teeth. Oof. Oof. Uh, <laughs> uh, two more bodies were found on the hospital's grounds in 1989. One had been missing for close to five months. Oh, gosh. Um, it seems as if patients who went missing were just forgotten about, you know. Well, I suppose if they don't have the staff, they're probably, like, relieved that people are not there. Uh, probably, <laughs> which is awful. It is terrible. Um, the shutdown. This morning was like starting to shut down. Good. Finally, decades of reports world high enough to cause a shutdown for also, the facility. you have these stories coming out. It's why in would Life you magazine. send? Why would you send someone there when you have all these stories? And it's in Life magazine. Even if it's just like a rumor, like I wouldn't. Would you chance it? No. Like that's dumb. Nope. Uh, okay, so uh, caused the shutdown of the facility on June twenty first, nineteen ninety. Were they forced to shut down because of the abuse, or did they shut down because they weren't getting enough patients and I they think... didn't have the money to stay open? I think that's somewhere in my in this one. Okay. I'll, I'll read it in a second. Um, as 
so like as early as 1946, Life magazine was published, publishing photos taken inside mm -hmm. the hospital showing the conditions. So people have been known. Right. And it took them an extra what? What is this? This was before 46, Photoshop. 1990, so. right? 46, 80, 42 years mm -hmm. longer. Yeah. Before someone fucking said, up. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, we're going to stop Bitch, now. Bitch, you're not good. <laughs> <laughs> Author Albert Duchess, Duchess, D-E-U-T-S-C-H. Sure. Wrote this about his tour of the facility. Plus, you're having tours? <laughs> they just have no That's shame. Bold. <laughs> bold, if you ask Is me. The, were the tours happening while it was open? I have no idea. I have not been able to find I suppose that if you're anywhere. thinking about sending someone there, they have to show you around and be like. Maybe. But why? <sighs> All right. That's what he said. As I passed through some of Byberry's wards, it was reminded of the pictures of the Nazi concentration camps. I entered a building. Swarming with naked humans, her, uh, herded like cattle, and treated with less concern. Persuaded by, pervaded by a, fee a fetid odor so heavy, so nauseating that the scent seemed to have almost a physical existence of its own. That's disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. <sighs> and like the fact that they were like okay, were like yeah, you can come on in. Yeah, come have a tour. Let me show you around. Right. No. <laughs> no, bitch. Yeah. No. No shame. Um, awful. Um. So then, next section was haunting of the past. Byberry is home to more than just decaying structures surrounded by fences. Urban explorers and visitors to what remains of the facility report. The uh, indescribable heaviness that lays over the campus. The land has been stained by the abuse and the spirits of the of patients who lost their lives uh, here. Is it open for like ghost tours now, or is I it don't all know if I, ha I once again I haven't seen that okay. either. But like, if urban explorers can go there, then clearly there's not like security. Yeah. You know, stuff. But I just wanted to know if it was legal to go there. <laughs> uh, who cares? Uh, well. Uh, I mean, I don't want to get arrested in my future. That's... You know, that makes it exciting. Sam and Kobe no. got arrested. Uh, apparitions I'm of not humans. Sam or Kobe. <laughs> I don't want to be arrested. Apparitions of human <laughs> figures are reported wandering into and out of the woods by investigators Sometimes blood-curdling screams echo from the rotting structures. Other reports, the constant feeling of being watched and um, of being watched. Floating white orbs and the feeling of being followed as they make their way around. Byberry refuses to let visitors forget about the horror that happened there. Good. Conclusions. Um... Memories of the atrocity that occurred at the facility are are retold by survivors of Byberry. It's easy to forget that these abuses were occurring up until just 33 years ago. Now abandoned, the facility sits rotting as it should have been years ago before it claimed the lives of so many people who came through its doors with hopes of a better life. Mm -hmm. When I read that the first time, and even now, I got 
goosebumps because yeah all they wanted was yeah the hope was for them to get better and even if you know some families just they didn't want to deal with it and they just mm-hmm. sent them off and they didn't care right yes that definitely did happen but it also also thing was also people wanted to go there to get better exactly and like yeah, they, that's they, really sad. they couldn't because mm-hmm. oh okay so during the 1960s the hospital began a continuous downsizing that would end with its closure. So I guess with the closure. Okay, yeah. It was because they were downsizing. During the mid-1980s, the hospital came under scrutiny when it was learned that violent criminals were being kept on the hospital's forensic ward. In hmm. 1985, the hospital failed the state inspection and hmm. was accused of misleading the inspection team. Reports of patient abuse were still rampant through the 1980s. One patient had reported... That one of his teeth was pulled without Novocaine. Another state inspection team was sent to evaluate the hospital in early 1987. By the summer of 1987, five of the Philadelphia State Hospital's top officials were promptly fired after the Byberry facility once again failed state inspection. Jeez. Um, on How the sem- do they remain open after failing state inspection more than once? That's like- the thing. I wonder if they just kind of let it stay open and told me to fix your shit because yeah. there was... Like, I know they get chances just, to fix it, but, like... But also, but it said multiple. That's what I'm saying. But I think if they just kept it open was because it was... There was there was overcrowding in every asylum. Yeah. Where would they go? Yeah. If they had 7,000 patients, where... There's nowhere yeah. between all the state hospitals, all the asylums, because there's only, you know, how much or many was in, you know, here. But, like... There's not, there can't be that many in each state for one at the time. Mm-hmm. But then, like, that's, there's no way, there's no way they had 7,000 beds available. Mm-hmm. What was that? General hospital, state yeah, hospitals, no. whatever. That's, there's no way there were 7,000 beds yeah. available. You know? Yeah. And then, but then you also can't put people who are insane into prison. Because what the fuck's that going to do? Nothing. Well, like, this isn't much better than prison, to be honest. Nothing is helping, okay? <laughs> then, we got a lot better now. Yes. Lots of group homes, which, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, on, December, on December 7th, 1987, a press conference was held to announce the closure of the Philadelphia State Hospital by Barry. The team's most recently performing investigation described the conditions as atrocious and irreversible, Though originally supposed to close the following year, patients, uh, patient issues delay the, pr- the process. Most importantly, two released patients were found dead in the Delaware River. Two success, uh, successful days after their release. Successive? Successive? Yeah, successive. Like in a row. Oh, days after the release, so the hospital years. officially closed in June 1990, with the remaining patients and staff having transferred to Norristown State Hospital or local community centers. Yeah, the word successive was really not needed in that sentence. No. Uh, <laughs> it did not take long for people to rediscover Byberry after its closure. Uh, the buildings were not demolished at first because of... Oh, asbestos poisoning? Mm-hmm. Concerns? Uh, leaders <laughs> broke in several weeks after the closing, which still probably smelled horrific. Um, mm-hmm. 
and began to steal everything of value, especially copper piping, which, duh, and wiring. After the looters had removed everything of value, vandals trespassed on the ground, smashed windows, and started fires. Urban explorers wandered the halls and extensive underground network that connected each building through tunnel cor tunnels, corridors. By 2000, Byberry saw an explosion of people visiting the abandoned hospital. The internet offered extremely aggravate, aggravate, whatever, stories and legends, as well as <laughs> tips on gaining access to the abandoned buildings while avoiding police and security. Um, oh, Satanists held ceremonies on the ground and aimed reports of dead animals being found. The police were frequent visitors. In 2003, the Philadelphia State Hospital at Byberry site was a complete and utter ruin. Graffiti covered every building, exterior and interior. Every window was smashed and Anything flammable remaining when the hospital closed was now ash. The residents of Somerton were now pressing the city of Philadelphia to end the Byberry problem once and for all. The city responded by selling by sealing the buildings up with plywood, which what the fuck's that gonna do? Mm -hmm. And change and changing security contractors. However, the boarded windows just made it easier for trespassers to conceal themselves. Which duh. <laughs> um uh Westrom Development purchased a property and hired Gepit Bros Inc. to demolish the building while Delta BJDS Inc. was oh, so hired not even there to anymore. remove hazardous materials such as lead paint and asbestos. Um Abonment and Demotion what started with C buildings of oh, Demol Demolition. That is not what that says. Oh. Oh, uh, whatever. <laughs> Following by the W buildings and ended with the N buildings. I don't know. They yeah, don't we ever... have to see a map. On June 14, 2006, the ceremony was held to celebrate the complete uh, demolition of the former Byberry Hospital and the future construction of Westrom Development of the Erebus and Eagle Point. So it's a new hospital? A 332-unit active adult clubhouse. Communities featuring single homes, towns, and carriage homes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oof. So, yeah. That's sad. That is Byberry State Hospital, which, like I said, it's not spooky. Like, it's not, like, you well, know, heavy like... on the haunt, but it's heavy... On the, on, it's kind of heavy on the horror. On the horror. It's, it's, it's true horror. <laughs> yeah. It's true horror. It's true, yeah. like, horrific things that should have never happened. And people right. should have never been treated that way. Um, Oof. People who have been diagnosed insane, you know, mm -hmm. need a place where they can go and be cared for. Because them being put into prison isn't going to hell because not going to get treated they don't get treated in prison no prison is a terrible place Listen. for anyone who has any medical condition even if you go to prison's a, kind of a terrible place for everyone like it doesn't do what it's what it was designed to well, my mom went to a medical facility on an army base yeah fort myers medical because <laughs> she is such a bad asthmatic yeah and she had covid three times oof two of the times being in there Size point. Um, 
And at a medical facility, they had an oxygen leak from the second floor (laughs) to the fifth floor and didn't fix it. Oh, gosh. They weren't able to have one of their... Well, I think a lot of... ...holiday dinners because it came molded. My mom got expired food that she purchased. Oh, gosh. You know? Yeah. And so, like, like, even at a medical facility on a fucking... Well, and I think a lot of it, too, is a lot of these places are underfunded. I don't think that's all of it. Yeah. But I mean, it's definitely part of it, but, like... My thing is, like, you're sitting here taking all these tax dollars. Because mm-hmm. she went to a federal well, it's one. it's going into the pockets She of went the to a federal one. So, them. like, everyone in the United them. States yeah. contribute, contribute to this. Mm-hmm. Mom sitting here saying, my daughter is out there working her ass off and having her taxes taken to help fund these places so that mm-hmm. it's humane and inhabit- inhabitable and they're being fed, not rancid food. And we're getting rancid food. I definitely it's think awful. as far as taxes go, we should have more of a say where they go. 100%. Because... And I need more proof. I need an itemized receipt. Yeah. Needs to be emailed to me about yep. where my taxes are going. Yep. Because... Because they definitely don't go where... Like, I, I'm totally fine paying taxes. No problem paying That's taxes. not the issue. First of all, they take way too much from me for what I make. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 so a single mom with two kids... <laughs> So and that's a little bit of an issue. $500 from me? Yeah, Ma'am. That's a little bit of an issue. Ma'am. <laughs> um, second of all, I know it's going to things that I don't approve of. Yeah. And that's very frustrating to me. Because you know, it's the state and the country being like, well. Yeah. It's. Okay. Like, how about we put more but you know, I, funding into schools? But I really don't <laughs> mind paying my fair share to be a part of society. I just think society needs to get better at being a functioning society. Amen. Say the motherfuckers in the back, bro. 100%. Because the point of a society is to benefit everyone involved. Okay, boom. And does not do that. Oh, sure so. Don't. Sure don't. Sure don't. Sure don't. Anyway. That's, a, that's, that's a whole other topic. But. <laughs> but. It's very sad. This is a, it was this is a very sad and I I'm going to do more asylums just because that that history needs to be out there. We need to be reminded yeah. up cuz this stuff was still happening up until like we said 33 fucking years ago. Yep. This was happening. Yeah. You know? So like I said I've never heard of this one. I you know you you heard of the few ones mm-hmm. that they now have like ghost tours for. Right. Which I was going to do Waverly, but then I was like I'm going to hold off that's on that. That's a sanatorium though too, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's why they're like slightly different. Slightly but different, but yet also similar. like very similar. Same. Treatment very similar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um So yeah. I do love Waverly though. I don't know why. Well, then I'll do it next time. It's like I'll do it one of these super times. Super tragic. I'll look into Waverly really deep for you. Love that. <laughs> but yeah, so that that was about Byberry State Hospital in Philadelphia. It is now tore down, so we can't even go see if we want to. And That's okay. I don't think I would want to, to be honest. a clubhouse and housing and stuff were built on it, which... <laughs> Have fun living there, fellows. <laughs> I, 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 I don't think that was smart. Um, <laughs> props to you. Yo, yo, yo. Couldn't be me. Enjoy your life. Couldn't be leave me. me out of it. Correct. <laughs> so yeah, we'll have to. I'm gonna do more. Sweet. For, I'm gonna do more asylums and new sanatoriums. I'm gonna do just because, like I said, that's true terror. It is. That's, yeah. 
epic. There's pictures, there's videos, there's survivor's reports. That's true terror. That's true horror right there. Yeah, that's Even if it's not like disgusting. a haunting, it's not, it's, but it's, it's spooky, it's eerie, it's scary how like that was a thing for so long and we were like, okay, yeah. Yeah, we just lived with it because out of sight, out of mind, that's a big thing too in oh, psychology. Oh, oh. <laughs> yep, out of sight, out of mind, which I fucking mean. Um, so yeah, I'll be doing more. I'm gonna get into like the real like I'm gonna look into like the real scary shit, which like, right. might might bring up some serial killers. Sweet. Which I'm surprised you haven't so far. To I've been be trying honest. to be real tame about it. Yeah. <laughs> but like I said, that's the real scary shit. The scary shit of yeah. unknown. I think I just heard somewhere that there's like somewhere, someone going across the country. No, stop. We're not. No, stop. No, 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 no. I could be wrong. Did you hear there is a whole new theory about the Velisca X murder house? That it was this guy who was traveling through different states and like they tracked him. He was an axe murderer. And they like have his like yeah. And I think he just chose the house randomly. I might talk about that next yeah. time. The Velisca X murder house. Because I, that. yeah. That. That, that, okay. I might talk about that one. Ooh, okay, see, so there's a sneak peek of what you want to talk about. <laughs> but yeah. Is this sad? Is this scary? Let's do better. Yep. Let's get, we need more therapists. We need more psychiatrists. We need better mental health Yeah. Um, availability. For I think we need more people who are willing to work on themselves because that's, I think, where it starts. And a lot of people do want to work on themselves. I only know well, from experience. <laughs> a lot of people do, but I think a lot of people get to a point where they're like, nope, this isn't fun anymore. Because, like, here's the thing, it's not within, fun. Within here, but listen, <laughs> my sister, which, who took her life, she was trying. But every therapist who was probably overworked, underpaid, mm-hmm. or whatever, was just telling her, was treating her like she was just some case out of a textbook. Mm-hmm. And you can't treat somebody who's trying to better themselves and do better and get help like there's some case out of a textbook. That's a person. Mm-hmm. Everyone is different. Everyone has a different story. You need to shut up and listen and use the knowledge that you have of the human brain like, and psychology and treat them like they're human and try and give them different techniques and whatever to help best manage. You can't just always shove somebody full of medication. No. They need There's not one way to fix all all, exactly. But also I feel like therapists and psychologists need to take on less. If that more, makes sense. We need, we need more ther- <laughs> no, we need more therapists and psychologists. Because they can't because cure everybody. They can't cure everybody, no. <laughs> and it's no. not a cure, but, But you also, know. let's not prescribe somebody who already has suicidal tendencies a medication that could um, exuberate their suicidal tendencies yeah. and cause them to actually do it and uh, be successful in it. So let's just not do that either. Thank you very much for coming to my TED Talk. We'll Thank see you, you next week. Here. Like, <laughs> heavy at the end, but I'm very passionate about that because... Well, as you should be. Fuck that doctor gave him his medication. Size the point. Um, We'll see you next time. (laughs) (laughs) Have a good week, y'all. Goodbye. (laughs)